0: Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Well, last night, the uh, House January 6th Committee headed up the first of uh, many, I think, six, seven televised hearings. They're planning to investigate what happened on January 6th, 2021. As you heard me in the last uh, commentary I did, Uh, you know, January 6th was a, a mess. It was a riot. Uh, I don't take it to be a very obvious insurrection in the classic sense of the term. It was a shameful moment in American history. Uh, It's a little ironic that the Democrats should be uh, acting as uh, prosecutors here in as much as they spent the summer of 2020 uh, legitimizing political violence in the wake of the George Floyd uh, uh, murder. So we got lots of crazy things going on here. And I know some of you, probably like friends of mine who I talk to about these things, are apt to just write this whole thing off. I don't think we should. I think uh, January 6th was a very important event. And I actually think the rise of Donald Trump to the presidency is a very unique event in American history. It's hard to find exact parallels. We'd be right now, now, though, to give us really expert understanding of this is Dr. Donald Critchlow. He's a Katzen Family Professor of American Political History at Arizona State University. And Don has written some outstanding books, including uh, Intended Consequences, which again focuses on birth control, abortion, and the federal government in modern America. He wrote uh, the, the outstanding book, uh, American Political History, a very short introduction. If you're not familiar with that series, a very short introduction that Oxford publishes, you should be, because it gives you great information in bite-sized portions. Uh, And he's also written In Defense of Populism, which is uh, one of the features of this whole discussion. Don, good to have you here. Thanks.
1: Well, thank you for uh, inviting me to uh, talk with you and your listeners today. Uh,
0: Give me your fix on... uh, the value of this kind of public debate regarding the event of January 6th?
1: Well, I think this is, uh, as a historian, this uh, committee is pretty unprecedented in that it doesn't have uh, really any a- in adversaries or cross-examination yeah. or questions from the uh, witnesses. So what it is, in effect, uh, is a show trial. Uh, aimed at, uh, Donald, uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, we should be disturbed about many things that are happening in this, uh, country. But the erosion of, uh, truth or trying to arrive at, uh, truth through some, uh, through cross examination and a trial, uh, or a committee hearing should be a uh, primary concern to all of us. We've seen the politicization of the, uh, FBI. Uh, that became uh, quite clear in the Durham uh, right. uh, file. So uh, we're at a at a point in our inflection point in our uh, country where uh, truth doesn't seem to uh, matter.
0: Yeah, I I, I, mean, I agree with you. And I, uh, I I take a look at this, and I I just am amazed. As I said earlier, I these are the same. Uh, uh, public officials who, in the summer of 2020, were legitimizing political violence on the streets of uh, Portland and Minneapolis and Chicago. And here they are going after, you know, another example of political violence. Help me understand, though, uh, who made up the crowd on January 6th?
1: Yes, I think you uh, had an apt description. It was a riot, not an insurrection. Nobody uh, carried arms uh, into, the, uh, into, the, uh, into the Capitol building. Uh, there actually were kids involved. If you were going to be part of an insurrection, usually you don't bring your uh, children. <laughs> uh, uh, usually you uh, bring guns. Uh, so it was a riot. And let's be clear, and I agree with you here, there were some bad actors. Uh, people that were planning on uh, violence. I think a large part of the crowd were uh, were just there uh, trying to protest. And, the, and in some places in the Capitol, the doors were o- opened and they uh, walked in with their phones and were taking pictures of being inside the uh, in the Capitol.
0: Yep.
1: So, but the uh, but the, this is a show trial aimed against uh, Trump. And, uh, I think Trump made some, uh, mistakes. He did, uh, urge that the National Guard be, uh, called out because there were, uh, FBI intelligence reports and police reports that some, uh, people were planning, uh, uh, violent acts, not with guns, but they were going to, uh, breach, uh, the Capitol, uh, and they were looking for, uh, trouble. And it also should be, uh, this whole context of the, uh, the rally should be placed in a context of that people were uh, quite emotional about the election. They couldn't understand how Biden got $81 million, $10 million more votes right. than, uh, than uh, Biden. And let's face it, there was uh, a good deal of uh, fraud that was uh, occurring in this uh, election. Uh, perhaps not enough to uh change the election results, but people were in a high state of uh, emotion sure uh personally I think that uh, that Trump should not have uh, uh, declared the election or stolen election i don't think this uh i don't think this should be uh, a continued point uh, by Trump or anyone else mm-hmm. over uh right. integrity he came back to the uh to the hearings themselves, I think it's uh, it is a show trial, and I think it's uh, disturbing. And I'll say, I watched the uh, entire uh, hearings, uh, and I and I was expecting a little bit more. Cheney, uh, Liz Cheney said that, that what was going to be revealed were uh, you know was a vast and wide uh, conspiracy. Uh that sh- if there if it was proof of this it should have been brought up at this uh first uh the yeah. first hearing. Yeah. So we have to go way through uh well probably not we will turn to others uh turn to other things, but you know, they're gonna have five, six more hearings. If it's uh, like the others, uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna have very many uh viewers on this. Right. So I think it's uh fluently for the Democrats, it looks uh it looks desperate. Uh it's not doing uh, Liz Cheney any good in her uh, primary race. She's behind thirty uh points in that race. Uh but you know, she'll go on and have a career, write a book and probably appear on uh MSNBC with her own uh show. <laughs> right. But this uh but this is uh I think this is uh disturbing. it kind of uh looks like a Soviet uh show trial.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it is disturbing because there's no adversarial process here, which is what we're accustomed to. It doesn't uh, – you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the Watergate hearings. I, I was a lot younger, not as uh, engaged as I am today. But, uh, you know, it was, it's very clear that uh, it, during the Watergate hearings you had a real serious uh, investigation going on. You had uh, Republicans and Democrats both uh, asking questions uh there was a, there was a, a clear search for something um which uh, they were trying to understand i don't know what they're searching for here i mean they yeah, clear, really, clearly they want to discredit uh, president trump and i understand the political purposes of that but uh, do they i mean tell me what you think do they do you really think they believe that donald trump actually uh, in a deliberate way, engineered something with a group like the Poor Boys, I mean, the Proud Boys, excuse me. I can't imagine that the President of the United States would have to rely on a, you know, 100, 200, 300 uh, renegades like that. I don't get yeah. it.
1: Well, if you recall, during the uh, presidential debates, it was brought up the uh, Proud Boys, right. and Trump never heard of them. Right. So I think he does have uh, close relations. But we, what we've seen in these uh, hearings are uh, edited uh, videos, uh, people on probation uh, uh, who were convicted of crime, saying that they were, uh, they were disappointed in Trump, that Trump didn't join them, and so forth. And then we see uh, excerpted uh, 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 quotations from Liz Cheney leaving out uh, the final remarks of uh, Trump telling people to go home. Right. Now, Trump, uh, but we also see, and this was the most flabbergasting to me, a claim that five uh, police officers were killed. Doing those riots, it is an outright uh, lie. Right. There was one person who was killed, shot by yeah. a police officer, and it wasn't clear why she was being shot. Ashley uh, Ashley whatever. Babbitt, yeah, Babbitt, right. And uh, so there's an outright uh, lie here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so this isn't an investigation at all, uh, other than they've uh, interviewed a thousand witnesses. It's not a serious investigation uh and it's disappointing uh the country is facing all of these uh problems uh and uh we see the stock market uh uh plummeting we see uh inflation going up we see uh billions of people now crossing our borders uh gas prices are going up but well biden is uh you know, is, uh, insistent that he's not going to, uh, uh, make us oil uh, independent again and energy independent. Right. So I think mean, this is just, uh, a distraction. Now I want to say one word, if I may. So in the, that summer with the, uh, Floyd riots, there were over 500 riots across the country and Republicans have, uh, made this a counterpoint and showing that a lot of the, uh, Democrats were actually supporting these riots and bailing them out. In a certain way, this is beside the point. If we had a serious insurrection uh, in, uh, in January uh, 6, we should be concerned with that. Right. It's beside the point that we had other riots, although they should be investigated, too, which there never will be. But, but the fact is, we didn't have an insurrection. I think it was a riot. I think uh the mood of the country was set. Uh I think that uh, Trump should not have uh, continued and shouldn't continue uh uh insisting that it was a stolen election. But the fact of the mer- the matter is Americans really do not want midterms or uh the pre- next presidential election to be a of, uh, of what happened in 2020. We right. want folks' integrity.
0: Amen. Uh, Don, hold it there. I want to come back on the other side of the break and continue conversation about the Trump phenomenon generally because okay. he, he's gonna, he occupies a unique place in American presidential history. I mean, it's, you have to look back to Andrew Jackson, maybe Woodrow Wilson, but we'll find out just a little bit more later. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Dr. Donald Pritchlow. He's a Katzen family professor of American political history at Arizona State University, the author of many uh, very relevant books to our conversation today. As we're discussing the last segment, focusing in on the uh, January 6th hearings that began last night, Uh, I want to turn my attention to the broader issue, though, of populism, And Don has written an entire book called In Defense of Populism. He's also uh, had a debate called The American Conservative Movement 1945 to the present where he takes a look at uh, with Nancy McLean looking over various aspects of the rise of modern conservatism. And so Don, what I wanted to do was, was just kind of take the longer view on the Trump phenomenon and we have not seen the rise of a president of this sort in the past, have we?
1: Uh, No, I think this, uh, look at Trump, uh, Trump has changed American uh, politics, and he became uh, a voice for populist uh, sentiment. Uh, But it's also important to understand that most candidates. Uh, we have a long tradition of candidates attacking the party in power, the candidate in power, and things are going to change. So we've had, we have populist rhetoric, uh, and that's common to our politics. Uh, Trump uh, tapped into this populist uh, sentiment, popular sentiment. I don't think it was uh, a movement. Uh, it was it was contained within the uh, Republican uh, Party. But I think uh, Americans in 2016 were really upset about things going on in the uh, country. They were tired of being attacked uh, as white supremacists or homophobic and so forth. So I think it, uh, and they were disturbed with, with what was going on in the uh, border. That, those sentiments are still there, uh, but we're, we're also uh, in uh, a point and in, in, in political uh, fracture uh, that's occurring both in the Democratic and Republican Party. The question is is whether uh, is whether uh, Trump is going to run again. I'm uh, I think it would be better for the uh, Republican Party and I know uh, a lot of Republicans and conservatives disagree with me, that he'd not uh, run. I think Americans are looking for, uh, especially Republicans, are looking for uh, younger voices. But it also should be uh, stated that whoever the Republican nominee is and the Republican is elected to the presidency, they're going to be vilified. The argument that uh, Trump will... Uh, if he wins election, runs and wins election, will be, uh, exceptionally, uh, vilified. I think is, uh, is a misunderstanding that any Republican is going to be vilified, uh, just as Republican presidents have always been vilified in modern times. But we need to have, uh, we need to have unity in the Republican party. We need to be able to, in order to win elections, have good candidates, and we need to win, extend our base uh, beyond what it is, and we need to win over independent and uh, and uh, suburban women. Arizona, in Arizona where I live uh, and work, uh, one of the losses, clear losses in the uh, 2020 were suburban uh, women. And uh, and independent women, and those women need to be uh, won over. The suburbs yeah. need to win. I mean, Trump uh, uh, throughout his presidency and in 2020, uh, he just uh, appealed to the uh, base. Now he did turn out a lot of votes, but I don't think the base is enough to win. Uh, Uh, election in itself, especially statewide elections in various uh, states. So I think we need uh, new voices, people that are going to be a candidate who will reflect, uh, uh, who will articulate the uh, Trump uh, agenda, but also one that's going to be able to uh, candidate a president who's going to be able to really implement uh, real reform. But in the end, uh, I, Al, I really think underlying all of this is a culture that is uh, uh, that is rotten, and that, that's a long-term uh, struggle that yeah. we need to uh, continue through voices such as your own.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. I can, a question a lot of people are raising, uh, Don, is whether there can be uh, the, the Trump policies without... Trump, the person at the center of them.
1: Well, I think there uh, can be the real, the really important pertinent question is whether Trump thinks that there can be. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, from what we're seeing uh, uh, so far, Trump thinks that there cannot be the message without uh, without him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we're in. A, this is going to be interesting times, and as the Chinese phrase, Chinese they don't want interesting uh, times. I just assume that we uh, get back on uh, a more studied course, but mm-hmm. I'm afraid that we're not going to uh, see that. We're going to see a lot more uh, uh, hyperpolitics, partisan politics and uh and continued violence in various forms that's that's just where we are as a country yeah no. and we're i think we're all praying that we could get through this and help restore uh democracy and the january 6th hearings are not uh allowing a calming uh considered uh a voice in in trying to preserve uh democracy right we just had biden come out uh say that you know the Next election may not be uh, not be fair. He's denounced uh, voter integrity as, you know, Jim Crow 2.0 and so forth. I mean, it's, it's been... Uh, he's been... Uh, I mean, Biden is, you know, came in. I think many people voted for him, thinking that we're going to get more moderated uh, politics. And you know, boy, he is just... Uh, he's... he's uh, He's pursuing the path toward, uh, toward destruction here in every every which way, so we 're in yeah. a point of chaos economic, socially, culturally um, and uh, politically so these are tough times for us all, I think, and highly anxious times there
0: are there are people who long for what they imagine would be uh, what would they imagine a leader like uh, Reagan. For instance, there's this idea that he he was able to win because he was uh, an optimistic uh, voice. He had a great smile, great uh, knew how to deliver lines really effectively. Um, But and he had a coherent political philosophy and people around him who understood him. But what's the? I mean, is there? Is there any political figure on the horizon that you see could rise up and actually uh, move beyond the spirit of uh, contention? This, it's, I know always, elections are about contention. They're about fighting. I, I get that. But there's more or less civil ways to do it. Is there a, a, a political figure that you see that could actually restore some sense of civility?
1: Uh, well, that's, uh, that's a difficult <laughs> question. <is that laughs> actually, uh, I, I've heard DeSantis. He's very calm in his uh, articulation of his points. He's uh, not a fiery uh, speaker. Uh, Tom Cotton, and I think there's others on the uh, rising who could do this. Uh, so deliver a message and that, continue, that uh, articulates, uh, the Trump policies, the Trump agenda on immigration, economic recovery, energy independence, and so forth. Uh, uh, it's, I think it's a point worth making that, uh, that Abraham Lincoln, when he was elected, uh, many people were shocked by the election. He won a landslide, by the way. But he really grew into the office. Right, And I think one of the things that occurred... And I voted for Trump, uh, both, uh, times mm-hmm. he, uh, ran, but he didn't seem to be able to grow into the office. Right.
0: right. Uh, uh,
1: in both his messaging, uh, he had, uh, he made some good cabinet appointments, which I think were important, but he, uh, he didn't, uh, many of the lower level, uh, mid level, uh, administrative administration appointments were not made. There were fundamental mistakes that were made when they controlled Congress. Immigration reform uh, came up. Healthcare reform came up. He held back in supporting the uh, supporting the legislation. You know, Paul Ryan was uh, speaker, right, and uh, and he allowed uh, you know dissident voices caucuses in the Republican Party to basically. Uh, undermine the legislation so what happened in the midterms the democrats ran on health care reform republicans could have taken that off the table with better uh leadership and you know i think trump accomplished a lot we all uh most republicans most conservatives would agree with that but there were uh, serious uh, failures in the uh administration because you know he was inexperienced thing everything had to do uh everything involved him. It's right. kind of uh personal I and mean, he has to be the center stage. I think the turning point, if I may, was with these uh when he took over from Pence and the COVID briefings. And uh and I think that was kind of a turning point in his uh in that campaign. Oh. So he loved going to rallies. Everybody was excited, he was entertaining. Yeah. Uh at these rallies. But It wasn't enough. I don't think to uh, uh, to to extend the uh, extend the uh, the Republican support. So Republicans have a great opportunity. There may be a red wave coming. It looks like it in the midterms. But they also are going to have candidates that are going to be really vulnerable uh, in the uh, general election. So we're going to Republicans are going to pick up seats, but they may lose some uh, seats that were really, that should have been uh, theirs
0: with better uh, candidates. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Bill Barr's statement. Uh, It's in his book, uh, One Damn Thing After Another. Yeah. Barr said the only person who could have beat Trump in 2020 was Trump himself. Does does that make sense to you? Do you believe that?
1: Well, I... uh... Yeah, I, I I think there's a good deal of uh truth to that. Uh but, you know, either in saying that, you know, I know I'm going to get uh, messages, you know, <laughs> say, you know, accusing me of being uh a Rhino, but you know, they really played up the uh, the January sixth yesterday's hearing really played up Barr's statement that was bullshit that 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 the election was uh, stolen. And uh and uh I think, you know, that he was getting, uh, I think he was getting conflict, Trump was getting conflicting advice on that. I think he couldn't believe that he lost the election. It was, uh, you know, he he took it personally as uh, candidates often do, you know. uh, I don't think he's unusual, but he really personalized it. So, uh, but, you know, by continuing this stolen election, the fact of the matter is that it really cost them, Cost them Georgia in this special election. That's right. I had uh, friends on the ground there, Trump supporters who were sent uh, to work on that uh, the, that campaign, and they were finding and uh, knocking on doors and uh, telephone calls that uh, many many people were just didn't turn out for the vote because they thought the last election was stolen. Right. So they didn't want to participate in you know the special election that was going to be stolen. So it costs Georgia. And, uh, and I'm afraid if we go into if Republicans, uh, say we because I'm a Republican, uh, unusual in academia, but if they go into, they go into Republicans going to uh, the next 2024 trying to relitigate uh, the last election, I think it's uh, not what people want to uh Most voters that want to uh, hear, no, Uh, I agree. Really want to move on. They want voter integrity for sure. We need to make sure the elections are uh, are are clean and fair. That's uh, where we're headed right now.
0: Yeah, Don. Thanks. Very helpful, and uh, always appreciate talking with you. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you very much for the invitation, and have a good day. You too.
0: Dr. Donald uh, we will have his books available in the online bookstore, uh, but he's got a lot of great insights.